You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. My book, The Argument for Holiness, has four chapters. The Jezebel Spirit, chapter two is the watchman on the wall. Chapter three is the spirit of holiness. Chapter four, cleansing the temple. I want to give you some testimonies that have come back about the book, The Argument for Holiness. The first one is by Julie. It says, this book has definitely challenged me to return to the scriptures and look again to what holiness is and to examine the principles of holiness that I have practiced in my walk with God. I agree. The word has to be our only source for instruction in holiness. Another testimony about the argument of holi- for holiness, for anyone interested in the topic of holiness, this book is an excellent resource. Lots of scripture to help the reader understand what God says about it. Easy to read style, provides a great guide for a personal study of holiness by Jennifer M. And another one about the argument for holiness is from Christy W. All four sections are wonderful and well explained. Just the chapter on the watchman is worth it. Overall, really good book. You can get the argument for holiness in a Kindle format or paperback. Go to Amazon today. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody just say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm, the, I'm glad the Lord is with us tonight. Amen. We serve a God that can do anything. There's nothing too, poss- too hard for him, nothing impossible for him. It's not, what he does is not predicated on individuals. It's just pre- predicated on individuals' faith. Praise God. God's not seeking a certain personality, but he's seeking faith. He said it... Uh, what was the passage in Luke, I think it was? Uh, he said, when the Son of Man returns, returns, shall he find faith on the earth? That's not what we're talking about tonight, but we always need to believe the Lord. Amen? Praise God. You may be seated. Who's ready tonight for the Lord to do something in your life? Praise God. I'm ready for the Lord to do something. I want to mention a scripture. I did not give it to our media team, but I'm going to mention a scripture in uh, Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. And it's kind of a long scripture, but I just thought I'd mention it. And that's what I want to title this message after tonight. It says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Look at somebody and point at them and say, the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Now turn around and point to the other direction and tell somebody else. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And somebody once said that uh, it's referring to the Lord's joy. His joy is our strength. That, that could be, I guess. Uh, but um, if, if, it's, um, if it's just that, then the Lord is not having too much joy with some of us. <laughs> when we're weak, but that would mean that we're, he's not having too much joy with us. But I don't want to preach from that or talk about it from that standpoint tonight. But I want to talk about the, the joy of the Lord that's in my life. The joy of the Lord that's in your life. The joy of his salvation. Amen. The joy of his salvation. There needs to be a joy of his salvation. And I, I want that joy in my life. I don't want to lose the joy of the Lord. There's many people, many people. I, I've had the Holy Ghost since 1980, and I've known a lot of people, friends and relatives and churchgoers that just had lost the joy of the Lord, and they were going through the motions of living for God, going through the motions of worship and prayer and Bible reading, and their life had no real joy in it anymore. But I want to talk to us a little while about that joy that we need. I want a renewing of his joy. I, I, I got three or four of you. I said, I want a renewing of his joy in my life. Oh, there's people in business, and they have a lot of joy because of, they, they, because of their business. that gives them joy. Uh, there's a lot of people that ha have a lot of joy because of their families, uh, have good families and good gatherings and all of that. But what about the joy of the Lord? When you have the joy of the Lord, I'm telling you, there is a strength in you as an individual. There is a strength in you to endure trial. There's a strength in you to endure temptation. There's a strength in you that says, I'm going to make it through this midnight hour. I'm going to make it through this nighttime. I'm going to come out on the other side. There's a strength in you that when you're in the tunnel and it's all black and you see that light, you're not saying, well, I think it's a train coming my way. No, you, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train light. Amen. There is a victory on the other side of this valley. Amen. There's an old song that wrote years ago, I believe back in the 80s, a brother wrote, apostolic brother, he said, we're not changing, we're not in a valley, we're just changing mountaintops. And, and tonight we can look at it that way. I'm not in a valley tonight and you're not in a valley, we're just changing mountaintops, but I want that joy of the Lord renewed in my soul. Oh my, because the world can see if you've got a joy, the world can see if you have that pure joke. Joy of the Lord. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let's thank him for that wonderful, wonderful joy. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just thank God for that joy tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is a, another scripture uh, I want to read here. I'm just going to read a couple. Probably won't talk to you too long. Uh, less, than, less than an hour. Maybe less than 30 minutes. I don't know. Psalms, I don't know if I've ever done that before, but it uh, could be the first time. <laughs> Psalms 34 and 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord. You know what we do? We magnify our problems. Oh, I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. We've magnified our problems. 
problems in marriage. We've magnified our problems uh, in, uh, with our kids. We've magnified our money problems. Uh, and we've made them out. We've just so built them up to be something much more than what they were. We, have, we magnified our issues in life instead of magnifying the Lord of hosts, instead of magnifying the God that can fix our problem, instead of magnifying the healer, instead, instead of magnifying the almighty God, our Savior, we have magnified our problems. We have magnified our situations. We've made a mountain out of a molehill. We've made uh, big problems out of little problems. We have talked about them so much. We have described them so much. We have talked about them on the phone to everybody we could talk to and talked about our problems and talked about our issues and done everything we could do to talk about the, our, the bad things that are going on in our life. But I am determined to somehow magnify the Lord. I want to magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. I said I want to magnify the Lord. I want to exalt his name together. It's just time to magnify the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. I got me a little magnifying glass here, and I want to magnify the Lord. What that little magnifying glass will do, it'll just magnify something. It'll just make it, it doesn't really make it bigger, but it makes it seem bigger. It, it, it gives it more detail, and that's what we do with our, do our problems. We, we take our problem, and we just talk about it so much, and we dissect it so much, and, and, and we just describe it in this way and that way. Then uh, a few minutes later, somebody else calls us, and we talk to them, and we tell them, and then we add a little bit more, and we thought of a few more things we could say, and we have just taken, and we have magnified that problem. But I don't know about you, but I'm tired of that. I'm tired of doing that. I want to magnify the Lord. Lord. I can't make him any bigger than what he is, but if I could zero in with my little magnified praise, if I could zero in with my magnifying glass, I can show other people how great he really is. I can describe him. I can talk about him. I can talk about his attributes and his power and how he demonstrates his goodness. Oh, and with that magnification, it'll touch somebody's life. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, the devil don't like that. He don't like when we're magnifying the Lord. He wants us to magnify that problem. Oh, and sometimes we have to talk to people. Sometimes we need counsel, and sometimes we need that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the needed counsel and the needed conversation. But boy, oh boy, have you ever heard somebody just called somebody and, yeah, I just talked to so-and-so, but I want to tell you too. <laughs> oh, and I'm supposed to talk to so-and-so in a little while. And they just kept talking about it and talking about it. And the Lord cannot work when we're magnifying the problem. We've got to focus our attention on the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Who's going to help me preach a little bit? Anybody going to help me a little bit? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't need your amens, but they will help you. Praise God, because we start magnifying the Lord even in the midst of preaching. And we start magnifying the Lord even in the midst of teaching. Praise God. Throw that uh, green picture up there, will you? That green picture. Praise God. We have magnified things. When I was a little boy, uh, I saw my brother do something. He was seven years older than me. And then when I got a little bit bigger, I thought, I remembered that, and I wanted to do it. Now, some of you may have done it. Some of you may have heard about it. 
But, uh, you know, uh, I got me a magnifying glass one day. It was summer, and it was hot outside, and the sun was shining real bright. And I got down on my knees. I got down by the sidewalk. Back in the backyard, a, my dad had a sidewalk back there and got down there. And I found me an ant that was crawling around. And I found that, got me a magnifying glass. So I got a, got a bigger one now because I want to magnify a little stronger than I was just magnifying. <laughs> I want to lift him up a little higher. How about that? I want to make him more powerful. I want to I really describe him to you, and that's what we need to do. We need to describe him, amen, that the world might see the detail. So I got my magnifying glass, and let me get over here. As I get older, it's harder to get up. It's easy to get down, get down on the floor and by the refrigerator and put those bottles of water in there for my wife and sit down there. Oh, I need a crane to get me up sometimes. Anybody ever do that? So how do I get up? Got to roll over. But I got, I, got, I got my magnifying glass and that little ant was there, you know. The sun was shining just right. And I just got that. Mm. And what I did, I began to magnify the power of the sun. Now, the sun wasn't any more powerful than it was. But what I did, I took something and was able to magnify the sun. And I made it more powerful to that ant. That ant began to feel the heat. And I began to, as he would move, I would move my magnifying glass. And it became a, just a little tiny light. Just I got a position just right. Anybody ever done that besides me? Shame on me, yeah? Okay, some of the fellas. All right, shame on me, right? Anyway, the next thing you know, that little fella, I don't know if he lit up a cigarette or what, but he began to smoke. He was walking and smoking at the same time. I about caught that fella on fire. Oh, yeah, because there was a magnification there. The power of magnification. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And when you magnify something, again, it's not any different really than what it was. No, but what, what happened was it, it was just made it feel bigger. It made it seem bigger. The description, go ahead with that next picture. The, this, that same ant, here it is on a close-up because there was a magnifying glass. Can you imagine waking up in the middle of the night with that looking at you in the face? Hallelujah, because the power of magnification. And when we begin to magnify the Lord, that old devil's a liar. I said that devil's a liar. Oh, I've got the victory. Thank God I've got the victory tonight. Thank God I've got the victory tonight. Do you feel that way? I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm, I'm going to quit talking about all the bad. Oh, well, you know, there's a problem in the church, you know, and so-and-so said this. Don't talk about what they said. We don't even need to spread what somebody said if it was happening. I don't know. But I'm just saying we don't need to talk about that negativity. We don't need to spread that around. We don't need to think about it, but I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm not going to magnify what the devil wants me to magnify. I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm going to magnify the Lord. He's looking so good. Man, I never saw him in that vein before. I never saw him that clear before. I never saw him in that detail before. Oh, wow. Because of the power of magnification. Praise God. That's revelatory. When you get that, Take that home with you. I hate to talk from a, a pulpit, and all I did was give a lecture. But I want somebody changed by the power of God's word. Thank you for that monstrous ant that we just saw. So let's go to Psalms 22. 
Psalms 22 and verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. And doing a study on inhabiting or inhabitus, as it says here in the King James Version. God inhabits your praises. You are Israel. He that is a Jew is one inwardly and not that of the flesh, but of the spirit, Paul said. So because we have the Holy Ghost, we are spiritual Jews. We are, I believe, that we are more of a Jew than those in Israel, (laughs) those that live in Jerusalem. I believe that we are more of a Jew than they are because Paul said, being a Jew, being of the Sanhedrin and uh, being a leader of the Jews, he said, he that is a Jew is one inwardly, not that of the flesh, but of the spirit. So we are Jews tonight. We are, we are Israel. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest. Do you know what the word inhabit means? We're going to talk about that. Because I want God to dwell in my praise. I don't want to just go through the motions of praise. I just don't want to go make praise and worship a ritual as just part of uh, a church service or part of what I do or just something I say. But I want the Lord to inhabit my praise because there are praises that are given in his name and even by his people that he is not inhabiting. He does not dwell in their praise. But the, the, the Bible exposition commentary takes this word, thou that inhabitest the praises, and it takes those words from Psalms 22.3, and it says it this way, enthroned upon the praises of Israel, meaning that the Lord God Almighty is enthroned upon your praise, upon your praise is the throne of the Almighty. Huh? When you can praise God and have such a focus and such an attention on the praise that you are giving him, oh, I'm telling you, something will come over you. Something will change you. Now, we ask and we ask and we ask and we pray and we pray and we pray. We pray in our homes. We pray at church. We pray in our cars. And that's all well and good, and we need to keep doing that. But there sometimes comes a time when your answer has been a long time coming and it still hasn't come. There may be a time that you just need to stop asking and start praising. Start giving God the praise for doing it. Say, Lord, I don't know where it's at, but I'm believing it's on the way. I believe I own it by faith. I don't feel it. I don't see it. None of my senses experience it, but by faith, I'm going to give you praise for it. Uh, By faith, I'm going to thank you for my son that's coming in. I'm going to thank you, Lord, for him being filled with the Holy Ghost and drunk in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I can picture him leaping for joy. I can picture him preaching the gospel. I can picture him standing and talking in tongues. I can't see it. Amen. But I'm going to praise you for it. Is there anything you can praise him for? You've got to put God in your praise, and the way you do that is real and true praise. See, when your mind is scattered in a thousand directions, I can say hallelujah ten times, but my mind is thinking about the other parts of the church service. My mind is thinking about the car, the home, people, family. You know, my mind is going all kinds of directions. That's not the praise that God is talking about. Sure, my mouth may be working it, and I I have good intentions, but there's got to be a focus. Somebody say a focus. 
There's got to be a focus in your praise. And when there's a real focus on God in your praise, it don't matter who's watching, who's listening. It just doesn't matter. Like the old saying is dance like nobody's watching. Amen. Praise him like nobody's watching. Praise him like nobody's listening. And when you can do that, you're going to zero in on the throne of the Lord. Amen. Because your throne is building a, uh, your praise is building a platform for the almighty God to sit and inhabit your praise. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So looking at this word inhabitus, I, another commentary called Jameson Fawcett and Brown commentary says the inhabitus the praises of Israel. Then they give a, a, a connotation. Sittest enthroned on them. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. He sits enthroned on those praises. The praises of his people in the sanctuary are the throne on which God sits. Psalms 81 says, Israel's praises here take the place of the cherubim between which rested the Shekinah glory. Praise the Lord. See, there was a, somebody once said years ago, oh, well, they always came late to church and they got there just in time for the preaching. And something was talked about one day and they said, well, I get there for the important part. I get there for my favorite part, for the preaching. I love the preaching. So I get there for my favorite part, the best part. I get there for the preaching of the word of God. That may have been his favorite part of the church service. But let me tell you, God's favorite part of the church service is not me praying. Amen. It's not you praying. God's favorite part of the church service is not me preaching. It's not you testifying. God's favorite part of a church service is our praise and our worship. And if I'm giving a half-hearted praise, amen, if my mind is scattered, I'm really not praising at all. But if I could zero focus, if I could pinpoint my mind and my thoughts and my emotions on the almighty God and give him praise and give him worship with all of my being. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we try that for about 15 seconds? Why don't we just come out of our shell a little bit? I wonder if we could come out. We are in a little bit of a shell tonight, aren't we? Is it just because there's a few, few of us here? But I think we could I think we could get more engaged. Let's stand for about 15 seconds. I'll say three, two, one, and you praise God like you want him enthroned in your praise. Three, two, one. Hallelujah. 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 I worship you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I worship you. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe seated. So that word inhabit means to dwell. 
It means to abide in, to dwell in, to abide in, to sit in. So if your praise is real and your praise is authentic, God is inhabiting. He is sitting in. He's dwelling inside of your praise. There could be a hundred people praising God, but if there was only one person giving real praise from their heart and everybody was going through the motions but that one person, God would inhabit that person's praise. God would move upon that person. And when you get so deep into that kind of praise, oh, many times our emotions break and we can't hold it anymore. See, this is what's so powerful about praise because you know what prayer does? Prayer asks. Prayer asks, but praise takes. I said praise takes. Take a person praying for the Holy Ghost. I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody receive the Holy Ghost asking for the Holy Ghost. Probably happened. I don't know. I can't remember anybody. But I can remember a lot of people receiving the Holy Ghost while they were praising God to receive the Holy Ghost while they were saying, thank you, Jesus. And they had, a, they had just a laser focus on the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I can feel the Holy Ghost just doing that right there. Oh, can you do that? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Maybe there's just one person in here right now that you would be so crazy bold. You would just be so crazy bold just for a few moments by yourself, alone, to stand at your seat and give him that laser focus prayer unashamedly. You would just go ahead right now if there's anybody that one person or what. In Jesus' name. So I've got to get this across to you. Your praise is where God sits. God's not up on a big chair in heaven somewhere. God is a spirit, John 4, 24. Right? God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God's not sitting on some physical chair somewhere that somebody made. Or that he, God is a spirit. He dwells in eternity. He is everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent. How can an omnipresent spirit sit down? <laughs> but I tell you where he dwells and where he loves to dwell, and that is the sacrifice of our lips. That is our will, willing praise, that heart willing praise, that that praise from the heart, that heart that says, I'm going to praise him. I'm not ashamed. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to praise him. Amen. Sometimes we just got to praise him with a loud voice. Not that you always have to do that. But sometimes we got to break out of our shell. Because that, that, that devil, that old flesh, will just try to push us down. Pushes me down sometimes. Try to push me down and says, you don't, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Just, just suppress my prayer life and suppress my worship. Devil, you're a liar. Sometimes I'm just going to come out of that, you know. Sometimes I'm just going to say, hallelujah. 
No fear. No fear. Say, so you don't have to. No, you don't have to. But we get to. We get to if we want to. And I definitely want to when I feel that pressing down upon me at times. Pressing down just to be quiet. Maybe it's pride. This, ooh, you know, Pride sometimes. Pride will stop us. And pride will hinder us. And pride will slow us down. And I don't want no tears streaming down my face. I don't want somebody to think I'm weak. I don't want anybody to think I'm weak. So I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to let my emotions go. But if you really worship in the spirit, there are times your emotions will worship God. And you will worship in tears. And you will worship with your hands raised. And all of your emotions will get involved in that praise. Because you feel him sitting in your midst. You worshiped him and you praised him before you felt it. And now you feel him come in to your presence, into your sphere, into your, uh, into your area. He's come in. He has stepped in. He is now manifesting himself in your praise. Now you feel you have built him a platform with your praise for his throne to sit upon. His throne is sitting upon the platform of your praise. probably all been to churches where you walk in and even Pentecostal churches shamedly I don't mean it's critical praise and worship service it's like you're in a graveyard it's like all the people there are tombstones with faces it's like you know everybody's a stop sign nobody can move everybody's afraid why because <clears throat> they're bound and they're they're bound because their pastor's bound Thank God we have a pastor that's not bound. He's not afraid. And the first lady's not afraid and not bound. Hallelujah. What an example that we have. I thank God for that. I thank God for them. I've seen it. You've seen it. But there is a liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Somebody say liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, liberty. Liberty to what? Liberty to praise him. Liberty to clap your hands. Liberty to lift your voice. So your praise is where God sits, and God's throne dwells inside of your praise. That's Bible. God's throne, and I, I just like to picture that sometimes as I'm praising him. We need to picture that, see, because we're so, we're so tempted to think about other things as we're worshiping, even up here, and it can go really good. But I'm telling you what, there were times in Jesus' ministry where things got so focused where every miracle that could be performed to the crowd was performed. Healings and miracles to everyone there. And that can happen here, not just, you know, a miracle here and a miracle there and one or two people receive the Holy Ghost here and there, but I'm talking about such a praise where God so inhabits us here 
everyone here because of our focused praise that God cannot help but to perform the miraculous because it is so tangible, it is so real, and God says, okay, now I can perform the impossible. Now I can do what I really want to do because my people have been given up to praise. My people are laser focused, amen, on me. Oh, me, and I'm going to praise them. I'm almost done. Another 30 or 45 minutes. Not really. So we're going to look at Psalms 22.3 a little bit more. I'm going to read some different versions. I want you to get this. I want to verify to you what I'm saying. Because decades ago, I, I, I studied about this, not this exact subject, but it was this subject, but in a different way. And I learned, and since then, I learned how vital it was for my praise and my worship to be real, and my praise and my worship to be so focused. And tonight, if I could finish up and somehow impart that to you, it changed me forever. I'm going back 20, 30 years, but that changed me forever. I can't jump as high as I used to jump. I can't dance as long as I used to dance. You know, I'm a little older now, so I've slowed down a little bit. But, you know, even though physically I have slowed down a little bit, there's something inside of me that, oh, my, I'm going to have to give him some praise. I'm going to give him some praise. I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm not going to give him some little praise. I'm not going to give him a little magnification, but I'm going to give him some big magnification. I'm going to show everybody who the Lord is. I'm going to tell of his goodness and magnify the Lord Jesus. So Psalms 22.3 in the King James Version again, and I want to show you these different versions, how it's worded. So again, in the King James, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. In the NASU version, it says, yet you are holy, O you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. We're not just going through this, this, this season of worship in a service, but what about on Monday and Tuesday? What if we, and some of you probably are, and many of you may be, I don't know, but what if you worshiped him through the week? And what if you worshiped him in the hallway when you're coming out of your room or going into the kitchen or stepping out into the garage and you're saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. And you kept the praises on your lips. And amen, you just kept those praises off and on all day long. You just kept praising the Lord. And oh, magnify the Lord with me, as the scripture says, and let us exalt his name together. Oh, I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to exalt him. Come on now, is anybody going to exalt him? Oh, you who are enthroned upon the praises. And then in the ESV, it says, Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Enthroned on the praises. There it is again. In the BBE, but you are holy, O thou, O you, who are seated among the praises of Israel. He's seated 
in our praises. Now, when you started out, he may have not been seated because your mind was kind of scattered. You had the kids on your mind. You had a problem on your mind. You had this and that. You just came in from a drive, and our mind is all kinds of places on that drive sometimes. But when you came in, and after a minute or two, and you got focused on him, and you start giving him that praise, and now you're feeling that Shekinah. Now you are giving him what he wants. He does not want to manifest himself between the cherubims. No, 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 he doesn't. But he wants to manifest himself himself in your praise. He wants to manifest himself in your worship. He's seated in our praise. The NCV says, you sit as the Holy One. The praises of Israel are your throne. Are you building a throne for the Lord? Did you build him a throne tonight? Did you set up a throne? Did you build him a platform so his throne could sit in your praise? Did you really give him a real platform? Sometimes we go through the motions. You know I'm telling the truth. Sometimes we just got so much on our minds and we can't get focused. Oh, but it might be time to fall upon our knees. It may be time to just lay prostrate upon the floor. It may be time just to lift our hands and shout hallelujah. I've got to build him a platform of praise for his throne to sit on because he's going to make decisions from his throne. He's going to give commands from his throne. He's going to give yeses from his throne. He's going to give miracles and healings from his throne. I want to build him a throne. I want to set a throne. My praise to where he could set his throne in that place. So the praises of Israel are your throne. Praise God. So we're going to pray in a minute. Let me change that. We're going to praise in a minute. We'll just take a few minutes and praise the Lord in a, when I'm done. And we're going to see if we could practice, practice even a, a, a greater place in the spirit, a more focused place in the spirit, just like the magnification of that magnifying glass upon the ant. He rules from his throne. He literally rules from his throne. So I'm going to build him a platform of praise because I want his throne near me. I said I want his throne near me. How do you feel about that tonight? I, I, I want that. I want it by me, not just on Thursdays and Sundays or special events or special services, but wouldn't it be great to have this every single day? You can ask and you can ask and you can ask, like I said a little while ago, you know, prayer asks, but praise takes. It literally takes because you're now thanking him because your praise is an act of faith. You're praising him for what you don't have. You could praise him for what you do have. But we need to praise him for what we don't have, for what we've been asking for. You've been praying all week long. Now you need to take some time. Verbal Bean said uh, he, he had, had stomach issues, and he was a great man of prayer, great man of the gifts of the Spirit, mighty man of God. And, but he had stomach issues. 
serious stomach issues and been prayed for by what he called spiritual giants. He prayed for himself and others, he said, greater than himself, prayed for him, but he could not get over these stomach problems. And he had prayed for several years about this. But he said one day, he said, Lord, I'm not going to ask you to heal me anymore. I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to praise you now. I'm going to praise you for my healing. I'm going to start thanking you for it. And that's what he did. And you know what happened? It wasn't too long, he said. Those stomach problems cleared up. Hallelujah. I said they cleared up. God was waiting on some praise. He said a throne. He, he built a throne, a, a, a place for a throne. He built a platform for a throne. And God put his throne there. And God said, yes. I order and I command and I bless from my throne, and you are healed because of your praise. God makes decisions from his throne. Do you want God to make decisions about your prayers? Then you might have to stop asking for a little while and start praising him. I, I tell you what, I have, I've had some great and amazing church services. I mean, powerful church services in my car alone many times. I mean, the power of God just, just you know, just felt like my car was going to float over the semis. You know, it was just powerful. Anybody ever had a, a drive like that in your car? I'm not just talking about a little, you know, I, but I'm talking about powerful times in your car of praise and worship. Let me, if you haven't had that, you need to try it. Maybe you just need to turn on some gospel music and start, oh, you just need to start listening and start saying, thank you, Jesus. I worship you today, and Lord, I just magnify you for what you've done and what you're doing and what you're going to do, and just let that Shekinah fill that automobile, and oh my, the power of God will fall in that car. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, I don't want my experience with God to, to have to only be in a group of believers. And he does not want our experience only to be in a group of believers. Yes, in the group. But he wants that individual praise, that individual worship. He says, oh, there's been many times <clears throat> I have went to prayer and for my season that I have said, okay, I'm going to pray at least this and just to discipline my old stinking flesh because I don't want to pray. But I said, Lord, I, many times I have done it, and I said, Lord, today I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm just going to praise you. If I feel anything, fine. If I don't, fine. But I'm going to praise you, but I'm not going to ask for anything today. And I'm just going to give you praise, and I'm going to worship you. And I've had some mighty times of prayer and worship and praise in my room of dancing and shouting and getting victory and deliverance. Anybody ever had that at home by yourself? Oh, oh my, we need to do that, Amen. That is where you built a throne of praise or you built a platform for his throne to sit on. He sits as God Almighty, King of glory. He sits as God Almighty, King of glory. Now, I quoted John 4, 24 about he seeks such to worship him. And, you know, when we pray, we're seeking him, aren't we? We need to do that. 
When we pray, we're seeking him. But when we're worshiping, when we're praising, he's seeking us. He seeks such to worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24. He's seeking true worshipers. They must be hard to find. Worshippers come a, a dime a dozen, but what about true worshipers he's seeking? I want to be a true worshiper. I want to be a true praiser. I'm not going to take it for granted because, uh, you know, I've had this thing for so long, and, you know, I know how to go through the motions, and I know how to make it look right. I know how to make it sound right. Mm-mm, don't want to do that. No, because he's watching, he's listening, and I want his throne set in my praise because he makes commands from his throne. He makes decisions from his throne. And I'll mention one more scripture verse. And that's in the book of Acts somewhere. You've read it. But the scripture says, if any be a worshiper of God, him God heareth. Could we stand right now? If any be a worshiper of God. It didn't say if any be a prayer warrior, him God heareth. It didn't say if any be a, a church attender, him God heareth. I'm sorry, it just didn't say that. Now, is it needed? Yes, it's needed. It's vital. It's, it's imperative. There's no, those things are, there's no option for prayer, and there's no option about attending church. But he made a point to say that if any be a worshiper, God heareth him. There's a lot of people praying, and God's not hearing them. But the people that have pinpointed their prayer and their praise, and they have laser-focused on the master, he hears their prayer. He hears their cry. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So just standing where we are tonight, I know we took about 15 or 20 seconds a little bit ago, and we praised the Lord, but I wonder if we could take a solid minute. I wonder if you could just praise him in a way that you feel that would get his attention. I say, well, brother, it's kind of quiet here tonight. There's not too many people. Forget that. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter about any of that. What matters is that we get this in our spirit. And if you can get this in your spirit with a few, then you'll be strong when many are here and helping you magnify the Lord. See, I had a weak magnifying glass. You saw it. And then I brought out a powerful magnifying glass. So you can praise him in a weak fashion. You can magnify him that way. Or you can decide that I'm going to magnify the Lord in a stronger measure. Can we go about 60 seconds, give or take? Let's just lift our hands and lift our voices right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.